Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the things we say. And this is going to be, well, it's not our first because conspiracy theories had a part one and part two, but we are going to revisit a subject from several episodes ago. Yeah. And I am excited about it because once again, we are going to be talking about Star Wars, but we're going to be talking about it for completely different reasons. And why are we talking about it now? Because you want to talk about it. Yeah, but why do I want to talk about it? Because you made me watch all the Star Wars movies because you love them so much and but I, I could not but talk I, to you about these things. But I did not make you. Like, I didn't even watch them with you. No, Rylan made me. Rylan made you. That's true. I'll accept that. Yes. But yeah, so since we did Star Wars, Sheldon has watched everything, every, uh, every movie that exists up to and including The Last Jedi, which was right. the most recent one to so come out. All their, all their big picture. Yeah. Stuff. Yes. So none of the TV small yeah, screen none of stuff. None like Clone Wars or any of that stuff, which I haven't even gotten into all Clone that. Clone Wars was a movie. No, Attack of the Clones was a movie. Clone Wars is a oh. whole, but that that's a whole thing too that you'd have to watch some of. I've seen chunks of that, and they're actually kind of cool. And give you would actually like those because they're much more in the vein of Revenge of the Sith than anything else even though they're a cartoon. So I crash course yes. Star Wars because a guy from work had the entire set. Okay. I feel like my mic is really hot. I, I, did, I did turn up the gain a little okay. bit for this, this podcast. I so. just do that. Yeah, I felt like we weren't registering enough. Okay. Yes. Well, I, that's better now. <laughs> One of my random production points that I didn't tell you about. All of a sudden, I was just getting this echo in my head. Yes, I apologize. I'll warn you next time okay. before I do something like that. Okay. So, so I crash coursed all of them, and basically what would happen is about every Friday night, we're at home, and we need something to do as a family, and so I would fire up one of the Star Wars movies, and me and Riley would watch it, and sometimes Lena would watch, and sometimes Jess would watch, but it was basically a father and son thing. Yes. Like, he loves Star Wars so much, and he had a Star Wars Lego encyclopedia, so he had gone through everything Star Wars... He already knew all the things. And he did, and it was bizarre. Like, we're watching a movie that I'd never seen before, he had never seen before, <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's uh, blah, 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 and he'd, like, spit out the, oh, this world is called something, and he'd have no way of knowing that except he studied it yeah. before. And, and I would ask him, I'm like, what does this character do, or why? And he would be able to explain it to me. So I had watched the movies with an interpreter that helped me... <laughs> you know, get into guide, the world of what is happening. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so I went from no Star Wars to a complete crash course in Star Wars, and now I have opinions on a few okay. things. Okay, all right. Well, well let, me, let, me, let me do this then first. What, what order did you watch the films in? 
because the you, release you did, order. You did, but you did one thing that was interesting to me. What was the very first oh, Star Wars film that you ever saw? Okay, and I would recommend doing it this way. It was really good. Watch Rogue One, and then New Hope, and like then in the order that they were released. Yeah, which I did watch to me Rogue is One completely first. bizarre, but that's just me because I've lived with these but for a long, long time. Order. Yeah, yeah, because you went. It is you went old movies and then to the prequels. Yes. You you did them in release order as opposed to except all of the except for Rogue One. Yeah, except for Rogue One. But technically if you're going chronologically and then really well, no that doesn't work either. Never mind. I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to back up. No, it doesn't that's necessarily work, but it made sense to me. It worked for you. It, it worked for you. The story yes. didn't get goofed up right. doing it that way. Right. So, yeah. okay. So so here's one of the first things I have to ask because like I said, you were one of the unicorns like that never really saw mm-hmm. Star Wars at all. Didn't so I know that there has to be some kind of nostalgic love for Star Wars because I grew up with it that obviously you don't have. Correct. And so I have a I know, I'm aware that I have a romanticized view of what Star Wars is and how amazing it is because I I have lived with it forever. Yeah. And it's it's literally a part of my DNA as a person. You know, it's it's part of what makes me me, which sounds extreme, but I've it was that I've been into Star Wars for that long that it's been actually formative for me to an extent. So let's start right off with that. As a grown person who would experience Star Wars for the first time without any previous experience, what what are your thoughts on it? You mean how well does it hold up as a movie or as a series or Yeah, just as somebody coming to Star Wars as it stands on its merit right now. And I'm not a good like movie critic. Yeah. Like I I'm not I don't have the ability to take myself out of the story yeah. real well and be able to just like objectively view something as well as some movie critics do. But I will say I will say a couple things. One the Star Wars universe as a whole is really broad and you only get like these very small windows in which you view the entire Star Wars universe. Okay. But it seems like most of the major things that happen are happening in the windows that you're viewing it in. Yeah. And that the breadth of the universe doesn't necessarily do the movies or do the actual story any favors. Okay. You could have so it... So basically what you're saying is that, that the stories themselves don't do justice to the scope of the universe that's created within them. That, that they're in. Like yeah. You have, you're talking about ruling an entire galaxy of planets... And systems, systems, and all, of it. and all of that, and it's so broad and so wide, and you get to at different points they'll like go to the outer yeah. rings or whatever, and and that kind of thing. But you're talking about a huge like people are traveling in light speed past all kinds of things to get to particular points, and I don't think having it that broad does the stories. Any favors. Any favors okay. at all. Okay. As yeah, far I can, as I can storytelling. And it's convenient for the stories to just introduce this other world that you haven't 
this other yeah. planet that you haven't heard of and this other species that you haven't heard of. And like these things will randomly appear and it's like, oh, it comes from this planet. And then we can create a backstory on it. And yeah. it's as deep as you want it to be. And it's also can be just as shallow as you want it to be. And by shallow, I mean, you're talking about a Skywalker family that does everything. Yeah. So like there's four or five people that do everything pretty much everything yeah, yeah. and are responsible for a lot of everything. Right. And so to me, like in an entire galaxy, you're talking about a force like the empire that ruled the entire galaxy. Now you find out later that the rule wasn't as total right. as it looked right. in strikes back, like yeah. in empire strikes back. You legitimately think that these people ruled the entire thing. Right. And later on, you find out, yeah, this was kind of a fractured yeah. coalition, had its own troubles. Right, right. But I don't know. That, that was the thing to me where I'm like, okay, in Lord of the Rings, each one of, like, elves and dwarves and stuff like that, like, you could kill off any single one of them, and it doesn't necessarily change the overall story because you're talking about, a grander scale. Everybody and played so, a specific role yeah, and they brought the something Hobbits to the played table. A role, the dwarves played a role. And so like the world was large, but even middle earth was much smaller than what we're talking about yeah. in star Wars. And yet that world was fairly large, but it wasn't like singular characters really drove were the hinge point the of storyline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously Frodo, but he wasn't even, the greatest of the hobbits, you right. know, like he just happened to be, and that's the whole thing about that story that I fell in love with because it's unlikely heroes and, and they're just a part of the larger thing. And they tried to do that with star Wars, but you have, <laughs> this is going to sound cheap, but it's like, it's like a family sitcom, but like in a huge galaxy. No, I hear that. And I hear that. I just don't. And so then you have the complexities of the force and whatever, but that was the main thing for me watching it back through were the movies individually compelling or not compelling. Sure. You know, do they stand, do the individual movies stand up? Yeah. But when you're looking at the whole story and the whole picture that bothered me. Okay. That's fair. So that it was a narrative following, you know, this limited amount of people that were all interconnected yeah. somehow. And you happen to pop in, to the story when everything happens and then you disappear for like 30 years and it seems like most people were kind of just twiddling their thumbs yeah for a lot of time if you can do all of that in like <laughs> in like a year or a couple months what we see in the movie if you can accomplish that much in like 10 days come on yeah like something happened <laughs> something had to happen while well, and, we were away and to be fair there is a a bottomless pit of Background exploring the very things that you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's what's called was originally called the expanded universe, but now it's called Star Wars Legends uh, because it was it was removed from canon when Disney took over the franchise because they wanted to make movies based on their own stories. But these were things that were basically sanctioned by Lucas or or, or by Lucasfilm, and gets massively into the details of what specific species were, what they, what role they played, whether they were loyal in the empire, whether they were a slave. It talks about slavery in the empire. I mean, there's so much depth. I mean, hundreds yeah. of books. So that does exist, and I hear what you're saying, but yeah. in some ways that almost makes it worse 
because you're still even more so expanding this universe and then still Skywalkers are at the center of it. Yeah. And uh, like you can go out as far as you want from that. Right. But it doesn't necessarily move the story along. Right. It doesn't move it forward at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure you have more questions. Yeah. Well, uh, so of the movies. Okay. Um, which one did you like the best and which one did you like the least? Two back to back. I will say after watching Attack of the Clones, I did not want to watch another one ever. <laughs> it was legitimately that bad. I'm like, <laughs> if this is where we're going, I am out. So what like, was, what was, I will watch the next one just for Rylan. So what was terrible about Attack of the Clones to you? Oh my goodness. Hayden Christensen was terrible. How can you take... And, and even, uh, shoot, what was the girl's name? Natalie Portman. Yeah, she's super famous. I should remember. Yeah. Natalie Portman. She was wooden. Yeah. Like completely wooden the entire time. I, I'm like, you show no emotion. There's nothing believable. There's nothing that makes me want to connect yeah. with the character. And the whole, I hate Sam line. <laughs> I could not deal with it. I couldn't deal with somebody complaining about sand. There's not even sand in the shot. Like, there's no sand visible, and he's whining about sand See, in order to just touch her arm my, and say it was soft. My and like, favorite part about this, this is this the, the, the love dialogue between Anakin and Padme is some of the most hated things by Star Wars fans absolutely hated because of the very thing you're talking about. He's and I'm talking like hardcore Star Wars fans. I hate that. And so it, I love that even in someone who does not have an inve- a vested interest in Star Wars comes away with the exact same impression of this is awful and bad writing and worse acting and obviously terrible direction. But both of them are good actors and actresses. Yeah. Like yeah. how do you... I blame George Lucas because everything I've heard... The, the original cast of Star Wars, which is interesting because if you if you look at... But I didn't think Luke in the originals okay, here, was any but No, good, but, really. but here's the thing. The prequels were all written and directed by George Lucas. He had complete control by that time. Star Wars, so A New Hope, was written and directed by George Lucas, including the screenplay. And then a lot of people say it was saved in the editing by other people coming in and, and fixing pacing issues and different things that were going on. Empire and Jedi, he wrote the initial treatment. Somebody else came in and wrote the screenplay, and different people other than him directed it. So he was involved, very involved in the decision-making, but he was very hands-off as well in those two. And those two, in my opinion, are the the best of the Star Wars franchise in terms of action, in terms of character development, in terms of writing. Yeah, Luke in A New Hope is really bad. Like, yeah, I'm like, he's whiny and he's like, oh, you know. But that's the thing is, George Lucas, they always joked about his direction was always, okay, can you do it but faster and more intense? That was his direction. That was all he ever told anybody to do. Yeah, but just do it faster and more intense. And, and so George Lucas is not a good director. And I don't think he is a good screenwriter either. And because he had complete control over the prequels, you saw those deficiencies come out. Because he is the, the, the king of the Star Wars empire at this point. 
and can literally do whatever he wants. He has no checks and balances. And we see the horrible things that come without having accountability. But my favorite <laughs> one was Revenge of the Sith. Yes, which I, is I interesting to me. I it better than all of them. Yeah. Like, if they were all Revenge of the Sith, I would have been just as happy. Even though there's several of those wooden, odd moments in that as well. Because uh, think about Natalie Portman's character is still very... She, she went from being this, like, strong, like, kick-butt character to all of a sudden this doughy-eyed, really ineffectual kind of... Just, well, yeah, I mean, she's there to have Anakin the babies. Was spinning out of control. True. And, she and that was, was the point. I get it. She was from Naboo. Like, she was supposed to be... She believed in, like, loving and getting along and this this whole, like, tapping into some level of power to exert it over other people was foreign to Right, her. right. Like, she literally could not track with the way he was thinking. No, I get that. And so it makes her look that way, but I didn't... Yeah. So okay. So what that. did you? So what did you love about Revenge of the Sith? I liked the the pace and the storytelling was really good. I I and I wondered the entire time how Darth Vader ended up in the suit thing, and that was really well told. I did not expect him to lose his legs. Like yeah. That. Like yeah. And different things. I was like, wow. And the way they uh, was that the one where they killed off the Jedi in that one yeah, too, yeah. didn't they? Order 66. Yes. yes. And I did not see that coming. I didn't necessarily expect that because, yeah, you get that Yoda teaches Luke how to be a Jedi in, the, in, the, in A New Hope, but you don't get the idea that... I didn't get the idea that Yoda was the only surviving Jedi. Right, after Obi-Wan like, was gone, yeah. You think, you think it was... Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Because Obi Wan was still according there. to some of the extra stuff. There were others that were scattered throughout the galaxy that continued, but not, not of any consequence. And Anakin killing all like the little Padawan learner kids. That was that was a little weird. Like, I didn't necessarily see that coming. And yeah. that that was the one part of the writing that I'm like, okay, so Anakin, at that point, he. You still had the feeling he could go either way, but like that was the one where you're like, "Wow, he he is actually gone." Yeah. And I didn't realize. Yeah. My 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 biggest complaint about that is I feel like they should have. I don't feel like they necessarily should have shown him, you know, wiping out all those little kids. You know, that would have been a little much. But I I, I you could have gone like out of the room and heard it yeah, happen. Yeah. But I wish that they had gone. They had shown him basically decimating the sand people, the camp, in. Uh, attack of the clones because remember that when he finds his mother and then just yeah. goes into his first ever complete rage and he talks about it later you know not just the men but the women and the children they're all animals and I slaughtered them like animals I feel like that moment with the with the Jedi kids would have been way more powerful if we'd actually seen his rage in that moment instead of like and I'm going to cut off two people's heads and now we're going to cut to a new scene like if they would have shown his entire like his rage his fury in all of that, and then basically allowed you to remember that and reference it again and saying, okay, this is what's happening now, but it's with his own, basically what is essentially his family, and he's wiping them out in the same way he wiped out these people yeah. that he perceives as animals. I, the other thing I, I don't like about the Star Wars genre in general is the way, like, Luke, Anakin, and, oh, what is the new guy? Oh, 
the what, bad guy, Kylo, Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Ben, Ben Solo. Such whiny crybabies. Hey, but at least it's a consistent family trait. Oh my <laughs> goodness. How melodramatic can you be most of the time? I, I know. It's like teen angst at its worst. <laughs> I know. Kylo is the worst, though, yeah. with that. Yeah. And uh, it, but at least Luke had pretty much snapped out of it by the second yeah. episode. Like, he was still a little bit... And by the third one, it was completely gone. Like yeah, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Like, those... He's palatable. Yeah. Yes. I could deal with it. I'm like, okay. Like, when he's a pilot, I can deal with him. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you got skills. And yeah. you, you look fearsome and look like you know what you're doing. That's the other thing. Stupid Empire ships or First Order ships, why do they even have the little... Guns on the outside, they're like, choo, 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 choo. Okay, what about it? That are supposed to defend the friggin' ship? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It never hits anybody. Well, you know, it makes it more... And if they're, if they're supposed to defend the ship, why would one small ship be able to just fly right in? If their main goal is to defend the ship. Well, they do. Didn't they say that though? At one point, they, they had like they a real basically big like gun. we need to do fight. We need to we need to scramble the fighters because they're too close for our defensive weapons. Like they got in too, too tight and too close. They got close in too can't. tight too fast. Yeah. And so that's when you're depending on Tie Fighters. Yeah. You gotta go. You gotta dogfight, which is technically. I a, don't really get how the Tie Fighters fly either. Uh, but it's, it's it's weird. Yeah. There's a lot of suspension in reality, obviously, to to deal with Star Wars. So, um, let me let me ask you this then: What character did you hate the most in all of the Star Wars films? Oh, Jar Jar Binks. Oh, <laughs> Again, a, a bunch of I major love Star young Wars fans. Anakin, which is the little kid yes. Anakin. Little kid Anakin. Interesting. Was awesome. Yeah. I like that okay. guy. Okay. He was easy to cheer for, and that's fair. And I enjoyed the sand racing thing. That yeah. was cool. Jar Jar. I feel like there's some cultural appropriation going on with Jar Jar. <laughs> I I feel like if these movies were made today, people would really protest. Oh, people were mad about it then too, but you do realize that. It, Jar, it's Jar Jar's fault that the whole Republic came collapsing down. That the Republic came? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, Wait. okay. Uh, so a lot of people miss this, but again, hardcore Star Wars fans did not. He because he was already made hated a vote in the Senate. Was to that? give emergency powers to the Chancellor. Yeah. Which then gave him which the I authority called to... long before Rylan that yeah. the Chancellor was... Was Palpatine. Or yeah, whatever. was the... Was the, was the yeah, it was the Sith. Yeah. But so, but if it hadn't been for him voting in that way and being manipulated to vote in that way, then nobody probably would have done that and it would never have happened. And So what? The Chancellor would have just languished for years and years? Or he would have found another way. But, but him getting that kind of power that he was going to lay down after a certain amount of time, it was Jar Jar's fault. <laughs> But That's yeah, why his he's, water people should have all stayed yeah, he, in the he's, water. he's literally the most hated, most hated of all the Star Wars I characters. I feel like the way he talks and the things that he says is... He's just stupid comic relief that shouldn't even be there. Yeah, but there, his, his accent and everything, he's, it's like they're trying to make fun or... But not. And you want to hate Jar Jar, but you're like... Man, he's, yeah, he's just a weird character. And 
I want to know what the thought process was to say, we're going to have him, you know, act this way. Or well, for apparently from Lucas's claim was just that, you know, well, Star Wars is for kids and we want something that's going to be entertaining for the kids. Kids are going to think it's funny and kids are going to be entertained by him. I don't know. Yeah. That was not good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. young Anakin was fun. I liked him. And, oh, what was it? Who was the, who was the bad guy in Attack of the Clones? Oh, uh, Count Dooku? Yeah. yeah. Dooku was actually a believable bad guy. Yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen him around a little more. Yeah. I liked the complexity to him, and you didn't really know what he was up to that's, a lot. That's one of my biggest complaints of the prequels, is there's not really a consistent villain throughout it. Ah, that, like, yeah. Because in, in the original trilogy, like, you have Vader. Like, mm-hmm. Vader is your consistent guy all throughout the movie that's, like, and the, the dude. Yeah, but, but even the Emperor. He's more the shadowy somebody in the background pulling the strings that you don't really get to see until the third movie. Yeah. But in this one, in, in that, it's like, okay, we start out and we've got, we've got Darth Maul, who is one of the most wasted characters ever. Yeah, had he never of... speaks even, hardly That's at all. That's true. And, I didn't even think about and it. And he and I'm like, he kills Qui Gon. Like that would be a point of enmity where him and like Obi Wan has to fight these things of hatred, you know, because of this guy that killed his master and got away. But no, they just kill him off, you know, in the first movie right at the end. I'm like, that's a wasted opportunity. Then you end up with Dooku, and he's kind of the same type of thing. You get this kind of feeling of enmity between him and. Him and, and what uh, was Anakin, like and the robot colonel. Guy oh yeah, that was he was completely Duco. pointless. He was completely pointless. Uh, Grievous, Grievous, General, General Grievous. Grievous, stupid, completely stupid character. But again, by that time, you've replaced Dooku and you've got that Grievous guy. And Dooku's gone within the first few scenes. In, in was that Revenge of the Sith? So, so that was Revenge of the Sith. When, yeah, where they have the big Grievous? battle. Yeah, and Grievous is there, and then. Obi-Wan has the fight with him and kills him in like 30 seconds. And you're like, why was this guy hard to kill by anybody? You know, this, you just made it look really, really easy. Um, so the, the villains were poorly, poorly developed in, yeah. in, all, of, in all of the trilogy, or the, the prequel mm-hmm. trilogy, in my opinion. It, that was the thing that bothered me about the brand new Star Wars, where it's like suddenly the First Order had rose from the ashes, and they basically were like... Empire 2. Right, right. And I'm like... Yeah. And again, that's that's a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans are kind of... I'm, I'm reserving... I don't like just calling them the first order. Why can't you call them the Empire I, again? I know. I'm, I am withholding judgment over the new franchise, the new part of the franchise, until I've seen all three movies. Because if you look at... But I would have loved to see them try to build like a movie in there where they're trying to build back up the Empire or something that gives the Empire power again. Yeah. Like, how does the First Order have all this power again? You're just supposed to right. assume that it happened somehow. Right. And right. I, I'm like, I'm, there were battles that were fought somewhere. I'm with you on that. I'm with I you on that. Know. There's a lot that we missed in the interim that and it needs explaining. And in a Star Wars universe, it would have been the fault of somebody that was good like doing not doing something that they should have in, yeah. in order to allow this rise of the first order like right. you get the feeling like ah oh, well the republic was just 
too kind to them and there was balance in the force and so it allowed the rise <laughs> of the first order. Well, how does balance in the force just magically give rise to the first order? That's dumb. <laughs> well, in my, my view of it is that they just never really stamped out the empire and it kind of went away to lick its wounds, what was left of it, the people that were loyal to it, and then eventually came back with a force of like... But that's not what you see. What you see is Ray picking through the ruins of the right. Empire fleet. Right. Well, and, but actually that's something that's answered in some of the video games and some of the other things yeah. that have happened where it's basically there was a massive final battle between the Empire and the Republic or what would become the Republic, the Rebellion, and the, and the Rebellion won. And basically that's why you saw this wasteland of old uh, Imperial ships because they'd wiped out the majority of it and they and the those that were left took off. Yeah, Ryland told me about. Yeah, that. so that's in there, but it's not in the movies. Like you're right, they they left a lot out, but there's I mean there's been a thirty year gap, you know, and and that never happened between the, you know, the other other Star Wars films. So yeah, I get that. I it's get that like, for oh, sure. I guess we have the first order now. <clears throat> yeah, no, and I, I I was a little disappointed that they've gone back to the rebellion slash. Uh, Empire dichotomy, like right off the bat, like that. That was something that I'm like, you, you spent all this time trying to wipe out the Empire, and you finally did it, and came yeah. back. And, what and did now you we've get? just gone right all back to exactly where we were before. Yeah. So, again, that, but that I'm... That did bother me. That but idea. I'm withholding judgment until I see the third film. That will be the tell for if this all works together when it's all said and done. It's kind of weird that they kept Carrie Fisher alive. Yeah, so, I'm, like, what are they going to do with her in the third movie? I, I think she's just going to get a quick mention of how she died in the in just a some expository dialogue and that's it that's probably they'll do just real quick nod and moving on on the first like yeah within the first few minutes yeah. so okay so one of the things that we have talked about since since this is is your whole thing with your issue with the force and what you like yeah. about it what you don't like about it what you what you think about that as a plot point so let's hit some of that let's talk about some of that okay i don't i don't necessarily like the force from a storytelling standpoint and most I don't know I will say that it is unique in stories because it's not it's a supernatural force that is not a god uh-huh. or a entity like a singular entity yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not like a self-aware it thing. just exists yeah um what I have a problem with is the way it's used, the way it's explained, and the way, kind of the way it works. Um, so you do have midi-chlorians. Yeah, there's there's a whole point of contention of that with Star Wars fans I as well. Which I hated. Yeah, Star Wars fans hated that too. I hated it, because then I had to try and understand what that was. Yeah. And... Basically, the only reason I can think of that they introduced that was so that they had some way of anyone identifying that Anakin was special. Yeah. You wouldn't have had to do that. Right. You wouldn't have had to have somebody get a drop of his blood and run. Right. Like, could have just had him hang out with a Jedi for a while, and all of a sudden the Jedi figures it out by right. watching him do things right. and whatever. You don't have to introduce the concept of midi-chlorians. And then, I don't like the phrase, the force is strong with this one. Okay. And I know it's a great Star Wars line, and they deliver it. I have it on the wall of in my son's bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that makes sense, because your son's name is Strong. Right, And right. that's really cute. Right. But, 
but I don't like that from what you end up learning about the force. And that is, and that is like with training and with humility and with a certain level of sharpness and ability, like you can, if you dedicated yourself to the Jedi way, right. you would be able to use the force or be a part of what the force is doing. And it's just that most people don't do that. Most people don't interact with it and blah, blah, blah. Right. But then you have it passing down through family lines and the force is strong with this one. And it's like the force picked someone, but then also picked his son and yeah. then picked the son of, of uh, Carrie Fisher's uh, Princess Leia. Like yeah. somehow followed her blood right. line down to enough to make Kylo somebody that's formidable. Right. And suddenly the force is just strong with this family. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't, I don't like the way that. Yeah. Well, and obviously, and obviously the whole midichlorian thing was a non-existent deal until the prequels happened. And it's only mentioned in the Phantom Menace and never spoken of again. It's not even mentioned, referenced any other time yeah. other than that. So it was clearly a point of, in my opinion, bad writing and bad storytelling where it's like, you're right, let's figure something out so that they know that Anakin's a thing. They know for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, that... That was irritating and irritated a lot of... Also, the whole virgin birth thing uh, irritated a lot of Star Wars fans, too, where where, where his where Anakin's mom, when he asked about, Anna, about Anakin's father, and she said, oh, there was no father. You know, I, I carried him, I gave birth to him, but I can't explain it. Oh, I Did didn't you miss pick that? up on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I just so automatically and that was thought their whole she was thing lying. Of, no, and that was their whole thing of... He may have even been just formed by the midichlorians, by the will of the force, you know, just formed, you know, in and of itself, in and of himself. Um, and that's the thing is, the so Skywalkers the are the only. Will? That's the other thing that I, that well, was one of the questions I asked. But that's you. the thing is, does the it force depends, have a will? It depends on who, who you're asking, because, like, most of them would say no. It's it's a passive thing, and you just align with the side you choose to align with the the aspect of it that you choose to align with. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn's character always is talking about the living force and, and, and how he, he felt that. And this they actually get into this in a bunch of different books and whatever, how he felt like it very much had, it, that it actually had a will, that it had some overarching narrative that it was trying to script and sculpt and make happen versus just existing and holding the universe together. Um, and so he operated out of that. So he was the one who said that he thought maybe, you know, the force created... Anakin, you know, of its own will, you know, and, and so he had a different perspective on that, that even disagreed with the Jedi. And, uh, and again, I think that's another thing where they, they, so the Jedi don't necessarily believe that the force has a will. So, but do they believe that you can manipulate it? Yes. Okay. To some degree. And that's, that's the other thing. So like Qui-Gon would have said that he was basically going along with the will of the force yes. as he did things. Kind of like the Christians and God. We feel like, you know, if something is God's will, that he's going to lead us right, in, right. in a particular direction. Right. And so he would have operated he out of that He would have operated mindset. in a traditional spiritual thing where it's like, I'm, I'm being led to do this. Right. And the force has a particular will. Whereas the Jedi, from what... 
But Yoda didn't always use that language either. Like his his language was more like what you have to operate in quietness right. and right. You have to become stillness. You have to become as close to passive as you can in order to truly and just allow to the force the to passive do its thing. entity. Yeah. But yet you're still doing something. Right, right. And that's the thing is... is that's I don't know. And that's why I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that they're going to kind of abandon the Sith and Jedi narrative in these upcoming movies because they did that essentially in the, in the books, um, the, the expanded universe books, where Luke eventually discovers, okay, there really is no dark side or light side of the Force. There is the Force... And there is how you choose to interact with it. There's what your personality, what you choose to do. It accentuates what's already yeah. inside of you. Exactly, exactly. And so, whereas the Jedi would say, no, suppress, suppress, suppress these things about you, Luke suddenly discovers, says, no, sometimes aggression can be used for good. Sometimes these things are not necessarily evil in and of themselves, and they're not. it's not a dark side. It's just choosing to be run by, what are you choosing to be run by in and of yourself? And using this power too, so so I'm hoping they're gonna kind of go that way with the new films, and I feel like they're trying to get away from that idea of of the way the Jedi. But operated. then the last because, Jedi is even worse in the way. But they Luke, use but Luke force. even talks about it in that how you know the Jedi were arrogant. They thought that they could maintain and control and do all this, and we've created nothing but disaster, trying to force our way of how the force is supposed to be viewed. So I'm interested in where they're going to go with that. That's why I'm waiting to reserve judgment until the final movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden, with the force, you could do things that you couldn't do before. Like? Like make a hologram of yourself. Well, yeah, that's that was new. And and communicate with someone all the way across. And like, well, like we have they're seen, right there. We have seen that some between like, uh, between, both between Luke and Leia in Empire Strikes Back when he's hanging off that thing on the cloud city and he's basically like calling out to her and she says, you know, we need to go back. I, I know Luke's there. Like we need to go get him. Yeah. And, and you see, and, and you see that like happen, face to face but you see it. Well, you see it happen with Vader and Luke though, in that same in empire as well, where before they take off in the Falcon, uh, as they're flying away, that Vader's looking out the window, and they keep doing a cut back and forth to Vader saying something, and Luke like kind of sitting up, like, "Oh, I hear you," and and saying, "You know, Father, where are you?" and 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 that kind of thing. So they did give some kind of context for that, but it would definitely was not in the same intensity that they chose to do it in in the Last Jedi between Kylo. So I, because yeah, I thought about that initially. And then all of a sudden, like, you have a whole movie where everybody just spends their time talking to somebody who's not there. <laughs> I liked that part and though. giving I people was physical intriguing. objects that aren't. I thought that, that was. I thought that was kind of intriguing though, because so again, were, was it real? Was it real dice that he put in her hands? I doubt it, because that was that was from the. But they would have felt real to her. Yeah, I I don't know. Again, they may explain. It may be plot hole. It may, I I don't know. I can't say until the third movie comes out. With some, but I get it. I get it. There are certain, and again, I know. I know hardcore Star Wars fans love the original series, or the original trilogy, and absolutely hated the Last Jedi. I, I've got a buddy that I grew up with, uh, Matt, who just said it was the last time he'll ever watch a Disney-made Star Wars movie. Like he won't even go see the the third one. Which to me, I'm like, ah, you gotta, you gotta 
I mean, I would probably watch the third one more out of curiosity than anything. But But it was definitely better than episode two, right? Than Attack of the Clones? Oh, anything is better than that. (laughs) I seriously did not want to watch Star Wars after it. I'm like, I will watch them for my son, but for no other reason. Oh, man. Then I watch Sith, and I'm like, I love this. This is fantastic. Yeah, there were definitely some really good elements of Sith, for Mm -hmm. sure. But, yeah. The battle, like, for sure, like, between... Like, the sword fighting in New Hope with the lightsabers was pathetic. Right. <laughs> it was really sad. Right. But one of the things that Lucas talked about is, like, basically you're seeing a fight between a dilapidated old man and a man who's mostly a machine now. Like, it wasn't supposed to be elegant because they were... It was a disfigured man and an ancient man, and they were trying to, you know, trying to fight, and it was pathetic and sad. Yeah. Um, but, of course, then you see those that change as it goes down through the line with that. But yeah. 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 So, so again, going back to this overall though, now that you've experienced all of it, is it one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, I understand the fandom. I understand it being a thing. Or do you still kind of look at it and go, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Um, I can see why it's a big deal because you'd have so much fan, uh, passions attached to it, especially with all the other spinoff stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you'd want to dig into the whole world and see. Like, if it really caught your fascination, it was like, I got to know why this yeah. and why you that. know everything. And, and like the people that want everything to find, they're gonna have a lot of stuff to dig through because <laughs> there's a lot of undefined stuff. And right. people are going to be constantly writing stuff off of that. And yeah. I can see why that would happen. So it's not like I don't understand it. But for me, would I would I watch anything beyond the big picture stuff? Probably not. Like, I might play some of the video games because some of the weapons are cool, some <laughs> of the airplanes are cool. And I've already played some of that stuff. But right. it's not like I have to because it's Star Wars or that... I don't know. I would still be more passionate about the football teams that I like and stuff <laughs> like that than I would be about like, oh, I have to have this Star Wars figurine or yeah. Star Wars poster or like all of that. I think you get from growing up with. Yeah, for sure. With it. And it becomes like it becomes like a thing. And I can see why generationally people like it caught a couple different generations. And right. It just didn't in my house. So. Right. You know, here I am. <laughs> right. Well, except now it is because Ryland's hooked oh on it goodness. now. So he started it. It's true. There's always one. And there's, you there's know, one, one of the things when we first had kids, I was like, I want to make sure that we're not pushing branded characters on kids because <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, I don't want to have to buy things that are cars themed mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, that these kids are attached to particular characters. You know, if they like them, they like them. If they don't, <laughs> I'm just not going to push it. You know, and Ryland. Like, Elena didn't fall into that so much, but then Rylan came along, loved cars, loves planes, loves all those characters, and now it's Star Wars. Like, (laughs) at every age he hits, he just falls in love with those cartoony characters. Yeah. So, Star Wars it is for right now. (laughs) Oh, man. But I think it'll hold on. That, That one... There's a lot to go with that to keep yeah. it keep it interesting for sure and keep. There's a lot to keep going. I I do think the last Jedi bothered me in the use of the Force more, because it, the Force wasn't so much unique to Star Wars. Now all of a sudden it's Eastern mysticism. Yeah. Like, 
blatant and right, right out in the open. Like, yeah, there was themes there that were Eastern mysticism before, but now it's like, yeah, this is pretty much yeah. just yeah. Eastern mythology and it's and mysticism and it's put into your a long time ago yeah. land right. world far, far away. You right. Know, it's, right. Yeah, we're just doing things that people have thought of before. Right, right, of course, of course. But again, that's that's what it's always been based in, of course, like you mentioned, but yeah. I mean, it, you, there was a reason, like, people didn't like the idea of a force and, and that it was, right. like, in the Christian community, some people were like, oh, that's Although I do get a kick out of this, though, because and I know... It's, it's harmless yeah. and whatever, right. but in the very last one, you're like, Ah, uh, yeah, this is pretty clear. Yeah. I do think it's really funny, though, because <laughs> I know people who are huge Star Wars fans who would be very, very critical and despise the Harry Potter series, yeah. which is hilarious to me because the storyline is almost exactly the same. Yeah. Orphan child living in the middle of nowhere with some relatives, his aunt and uncle, suddenly finds out he is special and unique and has this special gifting and is swept off to a place of adventure where he suddenly <laughs> begins to learn how to use his giftings and how to, and in the midst of this, you know, he, he meets these mentors and these people who end up being dying off or killing off and he has this mortal enemy that he has to face that he's somehow connected to but doesn't know how. It's, it's the exact same plot and st both have like mystical powers. I'm like, and you're gonna sit here and be critical of this genre and critical of this series when you've got something else that is not based in Christianity at all, that is still completely based in mysticism, Buddhism, you know, all this stuff. And you're gonna tell me this one's okay, but this one's not okay. And oh, the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance of that just makes me want to put my head through it a wall. It comes from a lack of understanding of Absol both. Absolutely, like once, absolutely. Once you would understand both of them, you would be like, oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, same. that one that's always kind of torn me up. You know that that whole thing of people who are gonna be adamantly against this, but they love Star Wars. You know, it's like, and again, I get it because when you when you add in the witchcraft element, it totally changes people's visceral reaction to it. I totally get that. Yeah. But it, it's just so funny to me. It's so funny to me seeing that. But, um, yeah, so... I did, I did have a good time watching the movies as a whole. I did look forward to Friday nights yeah. and sitting down. And did you enjoy Han Solo as much as I thought you would as a character? I can see why you thought I would have liked Han Solo. <laughs> and his, his quick humor is a lot of fun. It yeah. does bring... Levity to everybody being so serious all yeah. the time. You know, I still think you would like Han Solo better if you'd seen the original unedited versions where the first time you see him, he just blows a guy away without being shot at first <laughs> instead of that weird little head juke. And <sighs> I will forever be bitter about that scene. He, he makes up some of the funniest insults oh, or yeah. like offhanded comments oh, yeah. that you're like, he's, he's one part like, old fuddy-duddy and one oh, yeah. part like just uh, I don't know totally carefree and, oh yeah and one of the best lines no in, one of the best interactions in all of cinema is there at that moment where he's about to go into the carbonite and he may get killed he may live he may not and Leia with this adoring look in her eyes tells him I love you and all he does is look back at her and say I know <laughs> 
Like that is unbelievably What's, epic. What made me laugh so much is <laughs> I do that to Jess all the time. <laughs> She'll be like, I love you. And I'm like, I know. Well, and one of my favorite parts about that was, was reading later that George Lucas actually had it written originally, like that he would say, I love you too, or I love you back or whatever. And Harrison Ford went to him and was like, Han Solo would not say this. Like, I will not say this as this character. It's not right. And he finally just, the director uh, finally just said, okay, you just say what, what you think Han yeah. Solo would say. And that was it. And I'm like, that's just <laughs> perfect and just epic. And I, I love know. that. I love that. It's that dismissiveness and like, Vanity, all yeah. wrapped up yeah. in one. But yet, you still get a but conveyance. You, know you still get a conveyance of of like, there was a it was a heartfeltness saying it. It wasn't just like a dismissive. Oh, I know. But it was like a yeah. there was intensity behind it, you know. But yeah, I, I will forever love that. That's one of my favorite moments. Um, it's pretty good. So yeah, so you've been in. I, I, <laughs> go, go ahead. The one I can't get over is how in the world is it. Was it Leia that killed Jabba the Hutt? Oh, yeah. Choked yes. him out. How in the world? That does not make any sense. <laughs> First of all, the thing doesn't have a throat. Well, it has something. Yeah. That was <laughs> that defined not only... You had to suspend reality and science and what you know about matter and force and well, everything. She just used the force. That's, that's all it was. She just, she just yeah, used yeah. the she force. She would have to use a lot of force. <laughs> Oh man! She wasn't even using the force in no, that movie. I, I know, I know. So, she used the force of her hotness to kill. There him. you go. Like that was the whole thing. I'm like, the only reason you put her with Jabba the Hutt was to put her in some in the slave costume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, that, that's uh, again, that's a whole thing. I didn't, in and of I didn't necessarily like that one <laughs> at all. What, what was which movie? Was that was that? Jedi. That was the last Jedi. That was the la- that was, no, that yeah. was Return, Return of the Return Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I didn't enjoy Return of the Jedi as much as Empire Strikes Yeah, Back. Empire is my favorite of all the Star Wars films that have ever been done. I love the, the interaction, the character development. I love the relational intensity. I love the, like the, this sounds crass, but I love the Han Solo torture scene on uh, Bespin when they actually hook him up to that machine and then you see him like he's all strapped down and they're oh, leading yeah. him into it. And you hear, right. hear him screaming down the hall, you know, as the yeah. things happen. And after it's over, he's like, they didn't even ask me any questions. You know, like, they, <laughs> it was just torture for torture's sake because they knew yeah. Luke would sense it, you know. So there's just an intensity to that film that I love that was, to my mind, is perfect Star Wars. That they got it perfectly right. And so far, they have not even come close to touching that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So and that could be, that could be now. So do you think... This has affected it at all. Back when they made those movies, uh-huh. a lot of movies had a very strong protagonist and a very strong uh, enemy. Yeah. Uh, you were trying to put the two, and you were cheering for the protagonist the whole time, and yeah. you were hoping that he defeats the yeah. evil guy. And there was very good, and there's very evil. And now, like, I would say it really came to a head with the new, like, Batman, with the Christian Bale Batman. Yeah where like you have all this internal strife and mm-hmm. conflicted characters and yeah, you want to cheer for him, but then there are parts of him that you're like, yeah, it's not, we're not really rooting for that part to yeah. win, you know? And so you have this inner angst of your heroes and characters and it's in a way to try and make them realistic, but it's also brought like a grayer storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that has affected the star Wars universe? What, what made, Empire Strikes Back being so 
black and white. There was good and bad. And now, but you know, even that though, that I think that put it on its head though, because you went from initially, you think that Darth Vader killed Luke's father, basically made him an orphan, that he's just this evil guy. He kills Obi-Wan, you know, he's, he's the guy you hate, the guy you want to despise. And then at the end of that, Oh, by the way, no, I'm actually your father. And the guy you revere so much lied to you about me. And so you're, you go from that stark yeah, hatred. The empire, he, yeah. he kills the emperor and actually... Right, right, eventually, yeah. yeah. But you go from the starkness of, I hate this guy and I want this guy to win, to all of a sudden, okay, these two people are connected and we don't now know about this bad guy. Like, what is it? Like, he, he's obviously, he is this guy's father and he was lied to. His son was lied to about... So you get into this whole thing of like I think this was one of the one of the first films that actually started to tap into that idea of this situation is more complicated than just the bad guy and the good guy. There's more going on here. Because yeah. Lucas talked about it later that to his mind the entire Star Wars saga was about the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. That's what it was actually about. It wasn't about Luke, it wasn't about Leia, it wasn't about the Empire, it wasn't about the Republic, it wasn't about the Rebellion, but it was about this fall from grace for this this guy who had been basically deceived into this fall from grace and his redemption eventually. So that's why for him those three movies like those six movies, I mean, that was done. That told the whole story of its, you know, its entirety, which is why a lot of people don't know where they're going with this next iteration of Star Wars. Because this too. one is really like lifted Luke up to a level, right? And, and, and Anakin like, uh, is gone. I mean, Anakin no longer yeah. has any hmm. plot point in the story, other than that would make sense. Yeah. So again, there's there's all kinds of really interesting twists and turns. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I have I, I'm. I'm Sufficiently trying to get you into some nerd culture things here, so I think my next my next two attempts will be uh, the Indiana Jones series. Oh, I haven't watched which you've never one, watched. You've watched one. one. I've watched. Which one did you watch? Oh no, it was maybe the Temple of something. Oh, that one's the worst one. Temple know. of Doom is the worst. Actually, yeah. no, the newest one is the worst. But Temple of Doom was the weakest of the original. Why movies. am I having to watch all the Harrison Ford movies? It's not that the Harrison <laughs> Ford. He just happens to be in that. And I, I got to get you into Firefly. Oh, I did watch. Firefly. Oh, you did watch Firefly. Loved it. You loved Firefly. Love it. Uh, yeah. Is it still on Netflix? I hope so. I bought it. I don't know. It's I have so it on DVD. It Firefly is... was so disappointing that it was so short. I know. Fox's Fox execs good. are stupid. They're oh just man! Stupid. It still is rated one of the top TV shows. I was just scrolling through uh, either Rotten Tomatoes or yeah, it's massive. IMDb yeah. list People of love TV it. shows, and it's it's very near the top. Yeah, and it only lasted a season and a half barely. Yeah. Not even a half. It was like half a season. Was it only? Yeah, half it only. A they, they. I think they only aired like ten episodes, and then they released fourteen on DVD, all fourteen or twelve episodes. Yeah, it was just a dumpster fire. But that, to m- in, in my opinion, as much as I love Star Wars and as much as I love Star Trek and and you know I've there's all uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica. I love that too. The newer one, I not the older one. Star Trek or Battlestar. Um, see, I I I have a whole realm of nerd culture that you have not even <laughs> tapped into. Nope. But Firefly is perfect science fiction. It's it is. perfect. Characters are perfect. The setting is perfect. There's nothing that's not plausible in it. There's yeah. no aliens. There's no like weirdness that you have to suspend reality to believe. It's just very and the 
the universe in Firefly is narrow enough that yeah. you can understand it yep. and wrap your head around yeah. it. So, well, good. Yeah. I'm glad Firefly is a thing for you. Yeah, that, you got that me onto that. I, did I knew I mentioned it. it to you, but I wasn't sure if you'd ever done anything yeah. with it. So, And well. the no sound in space thing was <sighs> awesome. I that was that. the first thing. Like space watching, is real. In yeah, Firefly. watching that pilot and I'm like, why is this weird? Oh, there's no sound oh, this series is going to be good. Like, that was my thought when I was watching and that one scene. One of the things about Firefly that I enjoyed was that they dealt a lot with the atmosphere and, like, the atmospheric conditions oh, of yeah. different planets, yeah. which you don't get into with Star Wars at all. Magically, each planet has breathable air right. and a decent atmosphere. Right, I mean, some course. are cold, some are really hot, but that's as far as it goes. Right. But in Firefly, it's like, you're trying to survive on some of these surfaces and planets and the way stuff works. That are much more hostile than, yeah. 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 But yeah. Which Firefly, is like real space travel. Yeah. Firefly is perfect science fiction yeah. in every sense. But And it doesn't take a ton of your time. No. No. <laughs> Which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so yeah. Star Wars 2.0. 2. Yep. There's kind of Sheldon's. There it is experiences now with Star Wars and where we're at. not knowing anything about it to kind of liking it. Yes, kind of sort of liking it, but it's not Firefly. Essentially, that's what we come down to. It's good, but it's not Firefly. (laughs) All right. Okay. We can leave it at that. That's that's fair. We'll end on that note then. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on the things we say. We'll pick a topic next next time and talk about it for about as long. (laughs) Yes, probably so. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.